Well, we're studying the book of Isaiah, and we are at chapter 23. So I'd encourage you to take a Bible and, and uh, turn to it. We're going to be mentioning another burden. Of course, these burdens are God's uh, declarations of a judgment against a various city. And uh, this evening will be the last burden. And we've had quite a journey with these burdens. The numbers of weeks we've been covering the various burdens. And so I'll be grateful to get past them. Isaiah 23, beginning of verse 1. The burden of Tyre, howl ye ships of Tarshish, for it is laid waste, so that there is no house, no entering in. From the land of Chittim it is revealed to them. If you're taking notes, Roman number 1, Tyre would be leveled. It'll be leveled or raised, R-A-Z-E-D. It'll be totally destroyed. And this letter A is another burden. Another one of the burdens we've been describing. And letter, or letter uh, number one is the last of Jehovah's burdens. It's the last one. This is the one we've been waiting for. The last of the burdens laid upon Judah's neighboring kingdoms was that laid upon Tyre. Tyre was on the Mediterranean coast, far north in Lebanon. Number two, the scope of the burden. This prophecy would likely take place about a hundred years later. When judgment did fall, it would leave Tyre laid waste or completely leveled. Every house would be destroyed. In our verse it said, for it is laid waste, so there is no house, no entering in. Number three, news of the burden would travel from the islands. There was a grouping of islands in the Mediterranean known as Chittim. Word would travel from those islands to places like Tarshish, telling of this utter destruction on such a prosperous city. And we'll mention them again, but it seems to me like there is a, a, uh, a weakness that these islands have, and I call them the gossip islands because it seems like anytime news comes, they spread it as fast as possible. And so when the burden was announced of Tyre, the news traveled incredibly fast from these islands that Tyre was going to be judged. Letter B, effects of Tyre's judgment on others. Number one, don't mourn Tyre's destruction. Now remember, we're talking about the islands that like to talk, they like to gossip, like to spread news. He said, verse 2, Be still, ye inhabitants of the isle. Thou whom the merchants of Zidon that pass over the sea have replenished. You who love spreading gossip, be still, he said. There's not time for you to tell of Tyre's judgment. Letter A, mourning over lost business. Here the inhabitants of the Chittim Islands are instructed to be still or simply stop talking about Tyre's judgment. They were likely crying over their lost business from their previously lucrative trade with Tyre. Letter B, Tyre's sister city. Just like Minneapolis and St. Paul, two sister cities, Tyre had a sister city as well. And oftentimes they're mentioned together in Scripture, Tyrus or Tyre and Zidon. And here it's, uh, it is Zidon, some places is spelled Sidon. Zidon was also a port city located just north of Tyre in Lebanon. It was also an important trade city with those surrounding islands. Ezekiel 27 verse 3 says, And say unto Tyrus, which is another way of saying Tyre, 
O thou that art situate at the entry of the sea, which art a merchant of the people for many isles. Thus saith the Lord God, O Tyrus, for thou hast said, I am of perfect beauty. Number two, Tyre had much trade with Egypt. Verse three, and by great waters, the seed of Sihor, the harvest of the river is her revenue, and she is a mart of nations. Well, first of all, letter A, Egypt was a regular at Tyre. One of the countries with whom Tyre did business was Egypt. The Sihor was one of the branches of the Nile River Delta. Through that channel, crops of Egypt were often marketed through Tyre. Egypt was well known for its corn production. Israel had benefited from it during those days of Joseph many years before. And letter B, all nations encouraged to buy at Tyre. Tyre was called a mart. We think of Kmart, Walmart. It's a place for marketing. Tyre was a merchant or a mart of the nations as they did business with all the surrounding nations. So Tyre had much trade with Egypt. Number three, Tyre would no longer be a popular visitor destination. Verse four, be thou ashamed, O Zidon, for the sea hath spoken, even the strength of the sea, saying, I travail not, nor bring forth children, neither do I nourish up young men, nor bring up virgins. Tyre was a very popular place for a lot of reasons. One was the trade there, and then there are other reasons mentioned here. Letter A, Tyre would lose its business reputation. Tyre's failure would certainly wash over the reputation and commerce of Zidon. Being so close, a sister city, their business fed off each other. As merchants were drawn to Tyre, they would also visit Zidon and vice versa. Without Tyre, many would not find the motivation to make the journey any longer. Letter B, Tyre would also lose its entertainment reputation. It was a popular destination for training in business and marketing, but it was also frequented by young couples, desirous of getting married in its beautiful surroundings. Children loved to visit the city as well. After its destruction, there would be no ships carrying these visitors to Tyre any longer on the sea. In Ezekiel 26, beginning in verse 3, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, and will cause many nations to come up against thee, as the sea causeth his waves to come up, and they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus, and break down her, tire, her towers. I will also scrape, her from the, scrape dust from her, and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, saith the Lord God, and it shall become a spoil to the nations. And her daughters, which are in the field, shall be slain by the sword, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Number four. News of Tyre would be devastating, reminiscent of that of Egypt's. Verse five. As the report concerning Egypt, so shall they be sorely pained at the report of Tyre. Tyre is going to be destroyed, and cities that did business with it are going to mourn over their destruction. The destruction of Egypt had been prophesied earlier through Isaiah. Its news brought great pain to the hearers. So would be the result of Tyre's destruction. 
In chapter 19 of Isaiah, verse 16, In that day shall Egypt be like unto women, and it shall be afraid and fear because of the shaking of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he shaketh over it. <laughs> and I chuckle because this is the third time we've made mention that, that they were going to be afraid like women. It's just we don't see that. God is the one that wrote this. It's just not real current events. Today, we don't, in society, say you're just like a bunch of women. It, don't, it doesn't go over well. But that's how God likened it here. They were going to be so fearful. He said, you're like women. Number two, Tyre's populace would be shocked. Letter A, the people of Tyre would flee from the invaders. Verse number six, pass ye over to Tarshish. Howl, ye inhabitants of the isle. When the invasions would come, the inhabitants would flee their homes to places like Carthage in Africa to escape the fury of Nebuchadnezzar, who was then followed by Alexander the Great. In Isaiah 23, 12, and he said, Thou shalt no more rejoice, O thou oppressed virgin, daughter of Zidon. Arise, pass over to Chittim. There also shalt thou have no rest. Letter B. Tyre's prosperity had not prepared them for their harsh captivity. Verse 7. Is this your joyous city, whose antiquity is of ancient days? Her own feet shall carry her afar off to sojourn. Well, first of all, Tyre, number one, was a very ancient city. Its existence, it was in existence when Joshua conquered the land. Some state it was founded over 2,300 years before Isaiah's time. Joshua 19.29 reads, And then the coast turneth to Ramah, and to the strong city Tyre. And the coast turneth to Hosah, and the outgoings thereof are at the sea from the coast of Oxib. Meaning when Joshua came in from Egypt to possess the land after the 40 years in the wilderness, they came up to Tyre. So it was in place when Joshua was there, an ancient city. Number two, but they had become soft. It was a prosperous city, and their prosperity allowed them to live luxuriously and soft. As stark contrast with the lives under the Assyrians in captivity. Instead of their comfortable chariots, they would be cruelly marched to their bondage in a far country. And I think of history at some of the death marches that occurred. And the, and the horrible abuse that went on. And here I see these, these city folks that have no concept of hard work. And they have been taken exile from their city and marched a long distance with men cracking the whips on their backs. Number one, um, well, let's see, it's up, letter C, Tyre's prophesied attack would be a complete surprise. Verse 8, who hath taken this counsel against Tyre? The crowning city, whose merchants are princes, whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth. First of all, number one, Tyre was a sweetheart of a city. A sweetheart of a city. Who would ever come up with an idea to go, into, to go against Tyre? Tyre was well-loved to these, these, uh, these nations that brought them all this business. It was considered a sweetheart city, truly magnificent, and dating all the way back into antiquity. Number two, Tyre had crowned many cities. Many cities and colonies had been founded or crowned by Tyre, such as Carthage in Africa, 
Citium in Cyprus, and Tartessus in Spain. Number three, Tyre was known for its business practices. He had, they had an impec impeccable reputation in business, employing its princes to participate in marketing, which is interesting. The royal family were the marketers. They were the ones that did the marketing business with all the other nations. Number four, the honorable were the prosperous. The honorable of the earth re referred to the rich and famous at the time. <laughs> they were considered the honorable of the earth. Number three, God's judgment described. Letter A, God was the one behind Tyre's destruction. It's God. It's God. It wasn't just fate. It was God. Number, verse number nine, the Lord of hosts hath purposed it to stain the pride of all glory and to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth. Number one, God determined Tyre's fate. Though it was beyond the reason of man, God had determined Tyre's fate. Tyre had become proud and full of themselves. They decided they had no need for God. They didn't need him. They've got all the money they need. They don't need God, they thought. Number two, God debased the proud of Tyre, the rich and powerful, who were used to buying their way in matters, were stripped of their pride and glory and treated just like everyone else. That, that death march, if you will. You had these, these incredibly rich people who were stripped of all their wealth, marching right alongside some of the poorest people. There was no difference. Isaiah 13, 11, I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Letter B, Tyre would flee, overwhelmed by a stronger nation. Verse 10, pass through thy land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. With a melancholy command, the inhabitants are told to pass through their land to find safety in other lands. Called here the daughter of Tarshish, Tyre would be strengthless, incapable of defending themselves against the overpowering enemy. We read of this in Isaiah 23, verse 14. Howl, ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. And it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten seventy years, according to the days of one king. After the end of seventy years shall Tyre sing as an harlot. More will be said about that in a moment. Let her see. God would judge the land around Tyre as well. Verse 11, he stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. The Lord hath given a commandment against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof. Well, number one, God would shake the kingdoms around Tyre. If we were considering our geography, he would shake Fort Collins and Wellington would also shake, as would Loveland. Those surrounding cities and villages would shake as well. His judgment poured over to the other, to the other cities. Number two, the merchant city was Tyre. It literally translated merchant city. I looked it up. 
looks like Canaan. They translated it merchant city, but you look at it and it looks like Canaan, referring to the Phoenician province. The Bible mentions other names for that land of and around Tyre. In Mark 7, 26, it says the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter, a Syrophoenician or one of that region around Tyre in Phoenicia. In Matthew 15, 21, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. He went to Tyre and Sidon. Out of that region, it says a woman of Canaan. So it's also called Canaan in that Phoenician area in the Bible. Letter D, Tyre would flee to more oppression. Out of the pan into the fire here. Verse 12. And he said, Thou shalt no more rejoice, O thou oppressed virgin, daughter of Zidon. Arise, pass over to Chittim. There also shalt thou have no rest. Sister cities, Tyre and Zidon. And he says, Arise, the oppressed virgin, or Zidon. Pass over to Chittim, those islands, and there also you'll have no rest. Number one, Tyre's laughter would turn to sorrow. God warned that Tyre would cease their riotous lifestyle. Their judgment would change their laughter into sorrow. He called them here an oppressed virgin. The Arabs called a city never overtaken an undefiled virgin. God said they would lose that title and instead be ransacked, plundered, and ruined by Nebuchadnezzar. Number two, Tyre would flee to Cyprus. God told them to pass over to Chittim, more likely to the closest island in that chain, which was Cyprus. Trouble was, Tyre had not been good to the people of the islands. So their sojourning there would probably be paid with troubles. All I can think of is that Tyre was known as the sweetheart city. Must have really went overboard to be good to these, these countries, these nations that are sending these ships to do business with them. And they made it so profitable for them. But those poor little islands that were next to them, they must have abused. They must not have had a good relationship. And when judgment falls on Tyre and Tyre is forced to flee to those islands, those islands that Tyre had been evil to was going to turn on them. Letter E. Defeated Babylon would defeat Tyre. Verse 13. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This people was not till the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness. They set up the towers thereof. They raised up the palaces thereof, and he brought it to ruin. There seems like a little bit of a twist of sarcasm here. God told Tyre that a people who had not had a nation of their own, initially, talking about Babylon, initially Babylon was not a nation, they were nomadic, and they were predatory toward others, and they had been settled by the Assyrians. So Babylon started off as just a, a nomadic group, but the Assyrians settled them. So here's Babylon just moving around, and the Assyrians 
settled them, they formed a, a settlement. Now, Assyria is over Babylon. They had erected high walls with towers for protection and built palaces. Though they had been settled by the Assyrians initially and inhabited by the Chaldeans, it had been overtaken by the Assyrians and Babylon then became subservient to Assyria. So we see, started off this way and then it goes to this way and you see the Assyrians coming and doing damage against the cities and then you see Babylon coming and doing damage eventually over Assyria. As God had brought judgment upon Babylon, he would also bring it against Tyre. Ezekiel 26, verse 7, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will bring upon Tyrus Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, a king of kings from the north, with horses, with chariots, with horsemen and companies, and much people. Letter F. Tyre would no longer be a favored port. Verse 14, Howl, ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste. The seaport of Tyre was famous for its safe and commodious harboring of vessels. Tyre was a favorite destination, kind of like Estes Park is, a favorite destination. It was full of commerce and entertainment. Its destruction would destroy the lucrative trade of the ships of Tarshish, who were dependent upon the merchandise flowing through there. This is referred to in Ezekiel 26, beginning in verse 15. Thus saith the Lord God to Tyrus, Shall not the isle shake at the sound of thy fall, when the wounded cry, when the slaughter is made in the midst of thee? Then all the princes of the sea shall come down from their thrones, and lay away their robes, and put off their broidered garments. They shall clothe themselves with trembling, they shall sit upon the ground, and shall tremble at every moment, and be astonished at thee, and they shall take up the lamentation for thee, and say to thee, How art thou destroyed, that wast inhabited of seafaring men? The renowned city, which was strong in the sea, she and her inhabitants, which caused their terror to be on all that haunt it. Now shall the isles tremble in the day of thy fall. Yea, the isles that are in the sea shall be troubled at thy departure. Letter G. Tyre would be judged for 70 years. A 70-year judgment, does that ring a bell with any of you? <laughs> 70 years of judgment? Of course, we, we realize that God determined 70 years of judgment upon His people as He put them in captivity for 70 years. Here we see that same time frame as a judgment from God upon Tyre. In verse 15, it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten seventy years. According to the days of one king, after the end of seventy years shall Tyre sing as an harlot. Number one, Tyre's judgment would stretch seventy years. Tyre's judgment would last seventy years, a time comparable to Judah's captivity. He likened that time duration to the days of one king, or that of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar's dynasty, seventy years. It lasted under Nebuchadnezzar, his son, Evil Merodach, and his grandson, Belshazzar. Again, a total of 70 years. In Jeremiah 27, 7, And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son, until the very time of his land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him.
Number two, Tyre would rise again. At the end of Tyre's captivity, after 70 years, it will rebuild an attempt to regain the commerce it had lost. In this passage, which is the second or third time he's mentioned it, God likens that stage of rebuilding to singing as a harlot. And you say, what, what in the world? The picture is a prostitute losing her appeal for a time for whatever reason. And at the end, after regaining what she lost, she begins singing to try and attract a clientele once again. So here's this city. The city has brought commerce from all other nations. Well, the city becomes judged. It's no longer appealing to the nations. For 70 years, it's forgotten. But it rebuilds at the end of 70 years, and then it starts calling out, sending brochures, sending the marketers out to try to rebuild their business once again. And that's the analogy he uses. Roman number four, Tyre would rebuild. Verse 16, take a harp, go about the city. Thou harlot that hast been forgotten, make sweet melody, sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered. There's got to be a reason why he keeps using that metaphor, calling, calling Tyre a harlot. There has to be a reason. Well, continuing the thought of a restored harlot, he describes how Tyre would return, would rise again. It would regain its lucrative business and its wicked lifestyle would return as well. There you go. Seventy years in judgment did not teach them a thing. Just as soon as they're able to establish the nations coming to them once again, their wickedness came right back. Seventy years of judgment had not been enough to purge them of their evil ways. Letter A. Tyre's international commerce would return. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass after the end of 70 years that the Lord will visit Tyre, and she shall turn to her hire, and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. It's interesting that it said the Lord will visit Tyre. After their 70 years of judgment, the Lord will once again intervene and allow her to return to her formal lucrative business trade. The metaphor has been that of a harlot. That thought is continued here, but the concept is likely that Tyre's relations will be primarily in the form of commerce dealings with other nations. But, letter B, Tyre will one day worship Christ. Verse 18, and her merchandise and her hire shall be holiness to the Lord. It shall not be treasured nor laid up, for her merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the Lord, to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing. Evidently, there will be a time in the future where Tyre's prophet will be sanctified to the Lord. This has to be a look to the millennium. When the nations will bring their offerings to worship Christ in Jerusalem. And I find it interesting because in Psalm chapter 72, it reads, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. In verse 10, the kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. At what time? The time of the king's reign in the millennium. And so that's what I think, but I, thought, I found it interesting. Interesting that 70 years was not sufficient to teach them to be right with God. 
For after 70 long years of judgment, as soon as they could, they went right back to their old ways. It got me thinking about the millennium. The millennium's an interesting time. The millennium begins with Jesus Christ establishing His rule and reign with all saved people. Why? Because He just destroyed all the unsaved at Armageddon. All the unsaved Jews were destroyed, which is why the Bible can prophesy, prophesy all Israel will be saved. As they enter the millennium, as Jesus rules and reigns, they enter the millennium, they enter with all saved people. Hallelujah, it's incredible. Saved moms, saved dads, saved children, they're all saved. It's a glorious time. But it can't last very long. For even with Jesus ruling and reigning, with a rod of iron, the Bible says, what happens at the end of the thousand years? started with all saved people. Jesus rules and reigns. He's the perfect leader. They don't get any more perfect than Jesus. A thousand years later, the devil that has been released at that time from the bottomless pit rallies his troops. And a huge majority of those people who have grown up during that millennium who didn't get saved, unsaved folks, all gathered together as a mighty army to fight the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How in the world? Because here, 70 years was not sufficient to teach them a lesson, nor will a thousand years be, because it's an inter-problem, an interior problem. It's a heart problem. So I'll close with this. If 70 years is not sufficient, my land, you put a guy in jail, 70 years, surely he's going to fix him, right? Well, no, not if his heart's not reached. Not if his heart's not reached. Which is why we can't afford to allow one day to go by without our hearts being right. The next time you get stirred up in your heart over somebody, an offense, an issue, something between you and another person, their brother or our family member, take care of it immediately. Don't allow it to build because I tell you, 70 years won't be enough to fix it. It's a heart problem. <laughs> Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your blessing, and thank you for this sweet time and studying your word. Lord, I am grateful that we're through the burdens now, and I look forward to what you have for us in the rest of Isaiah. Lord, I pray that you might bless what we've learned tonight. And Lord, I feel like we're, we're sloshing through some, some just some challenging details here. Lord, help us never forget Help us never forget that 70 years was not sufficient. Help us to remember, Lord, that in the millennium, a thousand years is not sufficient if the heart's not right. So, Lord, help us to keep our hearts right. Help, our, help us to serve you with all of our hearts. We'll thank you for it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.